Hi, this is Daniel Sandoval from the Sandoval Bench Podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from basketball to football to soccer and esports. We've got it all on BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. And don't forget, bet online for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your phone to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. That's betonline.net. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode. You're listening to the Sandoval Bench Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Sandoval. This is our 110th episode here uh, for this week. Wanted to get into the NFL wildcard weekend. We'll recap the games that already happened uh, since today's Monday. Uh, the Bucks and the Cowboys play tonight. We'll discuss that next week as we watch the... Um, I guess, yeah, it'll be a little bit late, but we'll discuss that before... The divisional games or after the divisional games, but that's just, I guess, that's just how the schedule is going to go this week. So before that, uh just want to discuss uh, Carlos Correa. That saga has ended. He is re-signed with the Minnesota Twins. I think it was, uh, it's like a 10-year, $200 million or something. Uh, but he lost $112 million um, in one of the, one deal. And then another deal, it was like 162 I want to say, but you know they have they have all the medicals, you know, because he was just playing with for the Twins. So I mean that makes the most sense. I don't think any other team was interested. Uh, here it is: six years, two hundred million dollars. Uh, meanwhile, the Giants had offered twelve years, three hundred and sixty million or three hundred and twelve, something like that. And the Mets, I think, were three hundred twelve million. So he lost. 162 million dollars 160 million dollars something like that but um yeah so short deal obviously something is going on if even the twins who know you know his history there with the ankle if they gave him only 60 years instead of 10 years like why don't you just give him 10 years so obviously something's there but um just a weird situation he said he was shocked with the mets and the uh, Giants decided to uh, end current conversations and talk about a shorter deal. He didn't want a shorter deal, but he ended up getting a shorter deal. Uh, but for the Mets, it was kind of weird because they used the same doctor as the Giants did, and then they got the same results. So it's like, obviously, but then the Mets didn't think of getting a second opinion. I'm not sure if the Giants did, and then both teams try to you know rehash that and, and continue negotiations as, as they discuss a new contract with him. But uh, it obviously went south because he, you know, he had bad taste in his mouth after that. Um, but I mean, yeah. So I guess it worked out. Giants, I'm, I'm, I. The Giants should feel vindicated by this. Um, you know, no blame on the front office. They tried. They swung and they missed. That's fine. Same with Aaron Judge. It happened. Uh, the Mets had a great off season, so I don't think they should really hang their heads on Carlos Correa that much. Um, this would put him over the top, but you know, with that ankle, the injury concerns, I don't know how long it can last. Um, obviously Minnesota, they need a star. They don't care. 
um, or they their doctors just like, oh, whatever. He could probably play on it. He might be fine. Uh, heading to the NFL here. Uh, so we were discussing B- Black Monday last week. Uh, what happened like 30 minutes after I finished the podcast. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, formerly of the Arizona Cardinals, was fired. And, you know, this wasn't surprising. You know, we had the in-season uh, hard knocks on HBO. And, you know, there was a lot of issues with that team reports about uh kyler murray and cliff kingsbury kind of like drifting apart as far as uh head coach quarterback where you want that relationship to be um you know they were 11 5 last year first round playoff loss their offense looked dynamic kyler murray looked like mvp he was the mvp of september um but then you know like i said is like uh the second half of games cliff kingsbury doesn't make proper adjustments you know, and then like the second time around when, you know, in the division, when they play those division opponents again, Seahawks, Rams, and Niners, Kyler Murray looks worse. The team looks worse. Like he doesn't, like they don't get better once they play the second team. Like your divisional games should be the best games because those people, you know, as we'll discuss here when we recap the, the wildcard weekend, those, those teams know you the best. So, you know, you could try a bunch of stuff, whatever. You could have a backup quarterback. You you might still play well because that um, they're used to all all your plays and stuff. They know your style, right? Um, but they always got worse, right? And then at the second half of the season, like every year that Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury have been together, Kyler Murray has gotten worse the second season. He's not as good. He's just his he throws bad passes and um, yeah, it's just it's just a mess. But uh, I mean, Kyler Murray was injured. He tore his ACL, so he was out for the rest of the year. Um, I think I was right about this team this year because I think their over-under was eight, eight and a half, something like that. I went on the under. I think they ended up winning like five, four or five games, something like that. But um, Which is weird because last year they offered him a contract extension through 2025, something like that. It was a four-year deal. Um, this was his first year of the four years. Um so he might not get bought out, but he reportedly bought a one-way ticket to Thailand, and that's where he's at, and he says he's not interested in any other coaching opportunities. Well, if you stay in Thailand long enough, you might not have any coaching opportunities after this. I know probably not going to be a head coach. Maybe college he could be a head coach, offensive coordinator. I know there's some uh, people in the NFL, some teams in the NFL that might want him as offensive coordinator. A uh, c- couple teams I can think of, maybe the Patriots, if they don't go with Bill O'Brien. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the Jets, that, that would be a good one. Maybe the Ravens, maybe the Ravens, Greg Roman gets fired. I don't know, but, um, yeah, there's, there's some, there's some opportunities there. And then I did want to discuss, uh, Sean Payton again. I said this before. Well, we'll, we'll get into Sean Payton here a little bit. Uh, once I talk about the Chargers and, um, Chargers and who the Chargers of Jacksonville because that has a lot to do with that. Uh, so we'll go in the order of the games that that they were played. Uh, first we had Seahawks and Niners. I was at work, but you know what? It was cool because you know I, I was I'm in San Francisco, um, so you know all the bars around us were were full. So I I went to lunch and and then checked out the game, watched a solid thirty minutes of the game, and then um, once the doctor left. He left like at four. The game was still going on. Went back and watched more of the game. I had it on my phone. So I, I watched 
like nine i would say 90 percent of the game there was like one time i was with the customer but that was it. it was pretty much slowed down during that time um but brock purdy is absolutely amazing he had one rushing touchdown three passing touchdowns he threw for was like 330 yards or something like that no interceptions the Niners won 41-23. Defense looked really good. Um, it was a little... It was a little slow at first. First half, I think the, the Seahawks it was 17-16. And Brock Purdy didn't look great. You know, like... Uh, he didn't look amazing or anything. But he didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. The running game looked good. Defense was good. Um, they had that strip sack by, uh, by Nick Bosa... Where, you know, in, in the second half where the, the Seahawks scored, it would have been, you know, they would have had a lead and they would have been really been in that game. But once they got that, then they kind of, you know, took the air out of the ball for the Seahawks. Uh, but, man, Brock Purdy looked amazing. Um, you know, if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, it's going to be the most awkward quarterback situation ever because you'll have Jimmy Garoppolo, who has taken you to the Super Bowl in 2019, Took you to the NFC Championship game last year. This year he was playing really well, and I think they could have won. They could have won the Super Bowl with Jimmy G. They could have definitely gone deep in the playoffs with Jimmy G this year. He was having like a career year. Um, he has been a professional with the team. He's you know even through all the stuff, um, he's just been he's been a good teammate, a good leader in the locker room. I think. Um, and then you have Trey Lance, who they drafted sec- third overall, right? And. They traded all these draft picks, but he hasn't really played them like a live game that that much since you know he was in college. He played one game that last year before the pandemic. Niners trade a bunch of picks for him, right? They get him. He doesn't play that first year, and then he play he plays like a couple games. He plays that Houston game, right? It looks okay. And this year he was named the full time starter, full time starter, and then plays has a horrible game against Chicago in that monsoon. Uh, next game he plays is the Texans, breaks his ankle, Jimmy G comes in. So you've already devoted a lot to Trey Lance, right? The, the trades and all this stuff. And, but then Jimmy G was supposed to get cut or traded and then he's still there and he comes back, plays really well. But then people were like wanting Trey Lance. And then now you're down to your third string quarterback and it's Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy, the rookie. And he's playing way better than Jimmy G has ever played, I think. Like, come on. Like, Jimmy G, he's shaky sometimes in the pocket. doesn't have the pocket presence that Brock Purdy has. Like, I like Jimmy G, but Brock Purdy's like, he's, he's playing like a veteran. Where Jimmy G plays like a rookie sometimes, where you don't know if he's going to throw an interception or two in the goal line, or it's going to be a pick six. Like, you're always just scared of that. With Brock Purdy, I'm not scared of that. Like, I feel like he just has a, enough confidence to, to get the job done, right? Like, four four total touchdowns, no intercepts, no turnovers at all, 300-plus yards passing. Like, come on. And, like, the, the throws he's making are, are insane. Um, so then you have that. So then if he wins the Super Bowl, what, let's say he gets Super Bowl MVP. He's 23 years old. Like, Trey Lance probably, what, 23, 24. Jimmy G's still there, 28 or 30. I don't know. He's, like, probably early 30s. Then there's a report about the San Francisco 49ers being interested in Tom Brady, which I don't believe anymore. Like maybe last year or something, you know, when they were kind of unsure of their quarterback situation. But I guess if you don't have, if you have three guys in San Francisco, you don't have one guy, right? That's what Steve Young always said. But 
I mean, your one guy who's in right now, he looks pretty good. No pun intended. I swear he got no pun intended because I've heard that too many times. I swear it wasn't a pun. But he looks he looks amazing right now. So if like let's say he gets a uh, Super Bowl MVP or something, what the hell do you do if you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan for the quarterback position? Like I I I would think they would keep Brock Purdy because I mean he just won and he's looked the best and he led the team to victory. I would probably keep Brock Purdy as a starter and then I would keep Jimmy G as the the backup and I would trade Trey Lance. I haven't seen enough like game tape of of uh of Trey Lance like even when since he's been in the NFL he hasn't really played that much. He's played in late in games and like like garbage minutes, garbage time. He had that start against uh the Texans last year and then this year the Bear like he hasn't had a lot of playing time. I don't know what he looks like in practice, but I hear a lot of mixed things that he's inaccurate and all this stuff, and he relies on the run heavily. So I don't know, but I, that's what I would do right now, probably, um, just because of the way Brock Purdy has looked, and the Niners have won ten straight games. Um, their defense looks great; like they just look good all the way around. Uh, for the Seahawks, you know they were in that game. Their defense was good. Um, Geno Smith, he was missing some throws, but. Um, you know, this was a good year for them, I thought, because they they weren't expected to go far at all. But now they have a top five pick. Uh, I think they're going to keep Geno Smith. They're probably going to franchise Geno Smith. If I was the Seahawks, I'd give him two years, $50 million guaranteed. Because just what he did, the professionalism he showed, he's been there for a long time, on like one-year deal, one-year deals. You know, and it was always a quarterback competition, or he was always the backup for sure. Um but I would reward him with that because it's not like you're not he's not gonna get a two hundred million dollar contract or something like he's thirty one years old, right? And then I don't think he deserves um a, to be franchise tagged. I honestly I think he deserves a guaranteed contract. It's not like on the low end, like a backup makes like what, thirteen million or something. Um and then the highest starter would make like fifty million, thirty, thirty five, something like that. So I'd give him in the middle because he's kind of a you know middle tier quarterback. He led the NFC in touchdown passes this year. Did you know that he had thirty touchdown passes, which led the NFC? Um, so I'd give him a fully guaranteed contract, two years, fifty million dollars. You get twenty five million a year, which is you know that's mid level. That's a good deal, but it's like fully guaranteed, so he doesn't have to meet any incentives or anything like that. You just guarantee him for two years because I mean he took you to the playoffs. And, you know, that trade looked amazing when you traded Russell Wilson. So that's what I would do because I think he deserves it. Definitely comeback player of the year. Um, and, yeah, he uh, he was definitely the leader that Russell Wilson hadn't been this whole time. Uh, moving on to Jacksonville and the Chargers. This game was, was interesting, I'll say. Um... Chargers winning 27-0 at halftime. Trevor Lawrence looks like an absolute bust in the first half, throwing four interceptions, three to Asante Samuel Jr., and uh, no offense whatsoever happening at all. And then uh, the Chargers, you know, Justin Herbert was good. Like, the running game was great. Defense was amazing. So leading 27. Uh, But, of course... In true fashion, I saw that that score at halftime. I was like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to say anything bad. I'm not going to put this out in the air. But I just, I feel like Jacksonville's going to come back. Like not like come back the way they came back. I thought, you know, 
They score a couple touchdowns, maybe three touchdowns, but I thought the Chargers would still, you know, pull this off. This was one of the, my locks, you know. I mean, the Chargers were favored by one point. Jacksonville came down 27 points, 27-0. They came back and won 31-30, to holding the Chargers to three second-half points. Uh, Jacksonville, you know, they had a great second half. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had four touchdown passes in the second half. Completely different quarterback in the second half after his four interceptions. Um, man, Doug Peterson coached a hell of a game. Brandon Staley did not. But this is true Charger fashion. You know, I'm, I was like, okay, I think they can make a deep run this year. Then they start losing a bunch of games. They just don't look as good. And then, then they make the playoffs, and they're playing Jacksonville. I'm like, oh, you know what? They could beat Jacksonville. But Jacksonville, good season, you know, but maybe not this year. Uh, but, yeah, no, I was I was wrong. Chargers are just going to charger. This is just classic Chargers football, high expectations. They don't quite meet them. And then, you know, they have a big lead, and that's it. 27-0, and they lose 31-30. to And you have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL – if not the AFC and Justin Herbert, um, you just have a, you have great defense, great running back and Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen still there. Like you just have great weapons and you can't get it done whatsoever. Um, Jacksonville's been, you know, last year. Think about what they were last year with uh, uh, Urban Meyer, just a, a train wreck from the beginning. And it was Trevor Lawrence, the rookie. He's having an answer for his coach who's having, you know, young women grinding on him at a bar while he's married. Just embarrassing stuff. Now you get an adult in the room, uh, a Super Bowl winning coach and Doug Peterson. And look what happens. You know, this is quite the transformation for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, If I am, who owns the Chargers? That's not Stan Kroenke, right? He doesn't own both both, um, L.A. teams. Whoever owns the Chargers, I'm I would have fired Brandon Staley right after the game. I would have said, "Pack your shit. You're not taking the flight. You're not taking a flight back to Jacksonville. We're gonna put you on a bus or something. Like you're fired. You're done. Collect all your little things, get your shit, and get the fuck out of here. Like there's no way I'm bringing back Brandon Staley after that. Brandon Staley's clock management has been horrible." This whole year, and then even this, the second half of this game, the play call was bad. The the man, clock management was terrible. Like, how do you have Justin Herbert? He only has one touchdown pass, and then like 273 yards passing. You couldn't get the running game going whatsoever. Your defense, like, I feel bad for the defense. You know, like, I would just, I would clean house, and I would call the, the Saints, and I would say, hey, we can give you a first round pick for Sean Payton. I would give a first round and a second round draft pick or a first and a third. I don't know what players they would want in return, but I would do that for Sean Payton and give him, get him a five-year contract. This is what I said last week. Give him a five-year contract and just make it happen. If he's interested, we're interested. Let's get this done because Brandon Staley is holding the the Chargers back. This offensive play calling, the clock management, all this crap, that's what's holding this team back because they have a great defense, quarterback, they have everything they need. Everything's in place. They just need a great coach to do it. Uh, but if Brandon Staley's back, like the Chargers aren't doing anything. I'm not I'm not betting them at all because with the with Sean Payton, 
the Panthers are interested. I don't know why he's even inter- interviewing with the with the Panthers. Maybe to get some leverage. Um, but the Broncos apparently he wants to go to the Broncos, and the Broncos are willing to to pony up the money for him. And then he was he's going to have Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator, which that's a great duo right there. I'd take that any day. Um, but the Broncos don't have a first round pick, so I don't know who they who they would what they would trade. Uh, but they're reportedly, or Champagne is reportedly interested in working with Russell Wilson. He'd be fine with that. He'd be tied to him. But I'd rather be tied to Justin Herbert, who still hasn't reached his peak, and his peak is is almost there. So that's what I would do. There's some rumors about um, Jim Harbaugh at Indianapolis because he's a former Colts quarterback, so there's some familiarity there. Um, I guess they like him in Indy, so that might happen. Uh, but... I don't think... Oh, also the Broncos were interested in Harbaugh, but uh, we'll see. And then, let's see, next game. I think those are the only two games on Saturday. Uh, next game let's discuss is the Dolphins and the Bills. This one I was a little concerned about was with Tua. Because he had three concussions this year. And I wasn't sure if he was going to get cleared to play. Uh, most likely not, but I'm like, you, n- you never know. All right? It's a playoff game. They might feel like they can push it. So he doesn't get cleared to play, and then the um, the Bills were favored like minus one thousand or something. Those were the odds. Um, but you know, for Skylar Thompson, who started for the Dolphins, you know we can't expect that much from him. But he had one touchdown, two interceptions. Like he looked pretty good. You know, I think for the Dolphins, um, there was like no. There was no consistency there on offense. Like, the running game was terrible. The leading rusher was Jeff Wilson with 23 yards. The next one, Jalen Waddle for 8 yards. Like, they didn't have... they. I mean, they didn't have anyone doing that well in the running game. So they couldn't establish the running game, which was causing issues for the passing game. But the passing game, you know, Thompson would hit a wide-open Jalen Waddle or Tyree Kill, and they just, they just kept dropping the ball, you know? And that... That really cost him a lot, you know. I feel like if they had Tua fully healthy, not on three concussions, you know, they would have won that game. Um, you know, Buffalo didn't look that good. You know, they ended up winning 34-31, but they didn't look that great, even with you know Miami's offense struggling. Because even there at the end, like uh, uh, McDaniel had a chance to, he had a chance to make a move there, but the the play calls about the clock management was terrible and and you know they were up it was supposed to be like fourth and one or third and one and then they couldn't get the ball off they couldn't snap the ball off so then it turned into like a third and six and then it was fourth down then they ended up losing but if they call the right you know play there or like they call the 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 ball really fast right there they don't let the clock run out you know anything can happen right and uh for buffalo you know josh allen had those two deceptions, sometimes he doesn't look as sharp. Um, you know, he still looked good through the year, was able to get uh, Davis and Diggs involved. But, you know, they don't look as sharp as as, it, as uh, I would have liked. But, you know, they had split the regular season series 1-1, um, so they barely pulled this one away. So, like I said, with the divisional games, these teams know each other very well, right? Um, but So the Bills move on. And then next game we have was the Ravens and Bengals. This was last last night's game. Another another starting quarterback wasn't playing Lamar Jackson. So I had heard that he was going to play, 
right? And then like he, I guess I thought he's, I read that he practiced, but then he didn't practice. And then like last minute, you know, John Harbaugh was like, oh, you know, we don't know about his status or whatever. And then uh, Lamar Jackson posts on Twitter, on social media, like, oh, I'm not going to play, have these injuries or whatever, whatever. That everyone starts thinking that it's because of his contract and that the Ravens didn't want to give him a, a $200 million contract. I think it was like $232 million he wanted. Like he wanted a fully guaranteed contract. They'd give it to him. They might franchise tag him. And he seems upset with that. You know, Sammy Watkins alluded to, you know, his absence being tied to the contract situation. And um, I think the players are fed up. The players are seem like they're divided. Like Sammy Watkins seemed like he was kind of getting on. This is how I interpret it, at least. He was kind of getting on Lamar Jackson to, hey, you know, we need you here and all this kind of stuff. If, you know, it's tied to the contract whatever whatever but and then Lamar Jackson also didn't travel with the team to the game but then also heard that he didn't travel like the last few games so I'm not sure but it's felt like a weird situation all year long I've been saying like hey something something weird happened here you know I think he's maybe he's maybe he has some injury that he could play through but it's not wanting to because the contract situation it's like well I don't want to play if they're not going to pay me kind of thing and anyway so Tyler Huntley tried to do his best Lamar Jackson impression. He looked good in spots in moments, right? He looked he did pretty good. But then there was a, a, a first and goal, or like they're at the one-yard line right there, ready to score. And they do a quarterback sneak. Tyler Huntley tries to go over the top. They knock the ball out, pick it up, scoop and score. 99-yard touchdown, uh, a recovery touchdown right there. And that completely changed the game because right there was tied 17-17. And the Ravens could have had the lead 24-17. The Bengals ended up winning because of that score, because of that touchdown, and ended up winning 24-17. So those two turnovers by Tyler Huntley that resulted in two touchdowns. So that's, yeah, that's 14 points right there. They would have just had 10 points. Uh, Ravens score that touchdown. would have been just 24-10 right there. It would have been a completely different game. And, I mean... Huntley did what he could do. You know, they look good. Their defense looked good. The Ravens' defense looked good. The Bengals didn't look as sharp, uh, but they did enough to uh, win that game, especially Joe Burrow. But um, J.K. Dobbins kind of blasted the, uh, the the coaching staff and the play calling because they're there. They're, they just need one yard, and he feels like he should have gotten the ball. He's like, why Why didn't I get the ball? How am I not in the game in that situation? He wasn't even in the game in the situation. I don't understand that either. I didn't even realize that. Then he says... You shouldn't put Tyler Huntley in that situation. If we had, if we had Lamar Jackson, we would have won that game. So that to me, he's telling the front office, "Hey, you should have signed Lamar Jackson's contract because then he would be playing." So there's a lot of stuff happening here as far as um, players and coaches and like what's going on with the front office. Like this Lamar Jackson situation is is murky right now. I personally think he's done in Baltimore because of this. Um, I think the Jets might sign him or trade for him. They might acquire him and, and give him a fat contract. Um, the Jets would be perfect for him. You know, they have good defense. They have better weapons offensively. Um, you don't have Greg Ro- uh, Roman as an offensive coordinator. You don't have an offensive coordinator, so you might be in the market for one. Uh, but we see what happens there. Uh, but, yeah, Bengals look good. Pulling away 24-17. The Giants and Vikings... 
this one, this is like one of the, I, so my parlay picks, I got 49ers right, I got Bengals right, I got Giants right, I got Bills right, and then if the Buccaneers win tonight, I would get that one right, but I got the Jacksonville Jaguars one wrong, I picked the Chargers to win that, um, so I, I think I'd, I'm doing pretty good so far on the on the weekend picks. Um, Giants and Vikings, all year long, you know, I was saying the Vikings were great offensively, but somehow they have these weird collapses or... Kirk Cousins has these mental lapses where uh, he just makes a bad a bad decision, right? Uh, the Giants pulled away 31-24, but the game is on the line. This is a big thing from it. The game is on the line, and uh, it's 4th and 8, or 4th and 6. And Kirk Cousins throws a 3-yard checkdown pass to uh, TJ Hawkinson, and that's the game. Like, why would you throw... Like a bubble screen, basically. TJ Hawkinson for three yards. Then he's tackled. he gets tackled and the game's over. You have Justin Jefferson, like arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Why wouldn't you just throw a, a 50-50 ball to him for 10 yards so he could get the first down? He catches, you get the first down. The game continues. You're at home. You just need another touchdown to tie the game. Like, I just I just don't understand. I don't I don't think that was a play call. I mean, if you're in that situation, you're fourth and six. Everyone run six, seven yards. That's just it. And then if you're open, I'm going to get you the ball. Like, and then throw it to your best player. Like, I, I just I don't understand that at all. Just bad play. Classic Kirk Cousins move there. It's like Kirk Cousins plays for the Chargers. Giants look good. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to play himself into a massive contract, it seems like. Saquon Barkley's back. You know, they're this is a fun team to watch. So um, the Giants will get a rematch with... With the Philadelphia Eagles, so they'll get a, there'll be another divisional rematch in this game. Uh, Vikings, I don't think they can do. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl with uh, Kirk Cousins. That's for sure. He makes these just these big mistakes that you should not be seeing. Um, and then we have tonight. We have Cowboys at Buccaneers. The winner of this game will play San Francisco next Sunday. And if that's the case, we'll get a rematch. Uh, between Dallas and San Francisco from last year's playoff game where that was just that collapse from Dak Prescott and, and Mike McCarthy where they ran the draw and uh, they ran out of time and they were just so confused they didn't know what to do. Um, and then if it's the Buccaneers, we'll get a rematch of uh, the game with just a few weeks ago where Tom Brady had his worst game of his career. So I think it looks good for San Francisco either way. Uh, the Cowboys are favored by two and a half. In Tampa Bay, like I said, this game seems kind of weird. Um, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers still. I'm still going to ride with the Buccaneers. I don't know about Tom Brady. There's some weird stuff about Tom Brady being pursued by the Raiders. I don't think he's going to stay with Tampa, honestly. I think he's going to go somewhere else. San Francisco has been rumored. Miami is still rumored because he has um, some of his kids are in Miami and he's divorced. He wants to stay on the East Coast. Um, so he could be closer to his kids. Um, but the Raiders, he almost went to the Raiders, though, right? Like It was like before he went to Tampa. So the Raiders might be interested since they got rid of Derek Carr. Um, so there's a lot a lot of possibilities there. But you might only have him for one year, maybe two years. I don't think he's retiring this year, honestly. It seems like he's going to play next year. I don't know why, but that's what it seems like. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, that was wild card weekend. I thought it was um, it was exciting. It was good. So I got to watch some football. Um, we'll be back on Monday. And then 
we'll recap all the divisional um, round matchups and then recap tonight's game between the Cowboys and uh, Buccaneers. But have a good start to your week and rest of your week, and then uh, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.